As the Orioles try to get back to the playoffs this season for the first time since 2016, one thing that could be on their side is the new balanced schedule with less games against the daunting AL East. But it doesn't mean everything's going to be a cakewalk. So we will break down the entire Orioles 2023 schedule coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Thursday, February 23rd, 2023. And welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we're going to take a look at the Orioles 2023 schedule because it will be a schedule like none other that we've seen before. Division play is down. Instead of 19 games, you'll play just 14 against each of your division foes. And now the Orioles, along with every other team, will get a chance to play all 29 other teams in Major League Baseball for at least three games this season. So with the schedule looking new and the Orioles looking to get back to the postseason this year, decided to break down this schedule, what the easy months are, what the hardest months will be, what some you know tough stretches, some good homestands to go to, some nice places to travel, everything you need to know about the 2023 schedule. We'll get to it on this episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast. But before we get to it, just want to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. We're free and available on all podcast listening platforms. We're also out there on YouTube. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the Locked on Orioles YouTube page. We are less than 50 subscribers away from 2,000. And when we get there, we're going to do some big Orioles giveaways here on the pod, but you have to be subscribed to the YouTube page, so make sure to go do that. Also wanted to thank a lot of you for the positive reception I got from Wednesday's episode, kind of giving my thoughts on John Angelos' comments about the financials and the future of the Orioles when he was down in Sarasota over the weekend, Uh, so thank you again to all who reached out, and if you haven't listened or watched that one, make sure to go back to Wednesday's episode. But let's jump into Thursday's episode here, because I realized, you know, the 2023 schedule came out while the regular season was still going on late in 2022, but we were in September, the Orioles were in a playoff race, and in past years, I probably would have broken down the next year's schedule at that point, because listen, at that point, the Orioles had probably already reached 100 losses. Well, didn't have as much time because they were playing good baseball, so now as we get to late February and we are, you know, just over a month away from opening day. Felt like a good time to look at this schedule because things are different, as I mentioned. So today we'll talk about, you know, really some of the highlights and the lowlights for the Orioles. So let's start with, you know, what the schedule is going to look like. Again, you used to play 19 games against your division opponents. You used to play a home and away series against all of the five teams from the AL Central and the five teams from the AL West. And then it would be a rotating year-by-year schedule if you would play one series against each of the teams from one division. So if one year you played the NL East, the next year you'd play the Central, and the next year you'd play the NL West. And then there was always one AL-NL crossover rivalry you would play every year. Of course, for the Orioles, that was the Nationals, who they'd play every season as well. Things have changed now. There's less divisional play. It's down to 14 games against each divisional opponent. And every team will play every other team in at least one three-game series throughout the season. 
I think it's going to be fun. I'm excited for it. You know, never in baseball history has everybody played everybody throughout the season. But when you have 162 games and only 30 teams, it only seems right to have everybody play everybody. So let's take a look at where the Orioles could gain some ground and where they might lose some throughout the season. Because let's be honest, the Orioles won 83 games last year. Yeah, they didn't add a lot, but they got marginally better. And we're all hoping the O's are going to make a playoff push in 2023. But it's important to know the schedule changes and what the schedule is going to look like. So let's start with breaking it down month by month. And it will be March included in April because there's one game in March. And September and October will go together because the final day of the regular season is October 1st. So there's one day in October of the regular season. Now, the first month to focus on is the first month of the season, March slash April. That is the easiest month for the Orioles. And it's one of the easiest months that any team has in baseball this year. So it's kind of twofold for the Orioles because on one hand, it's good. You know, a better chance to get off to a hot start in April playing some lesser teams. But on the other side, it's, hey, you know, even if the Orioles, you know, they play 28 games, even if the Orioles are, say, 18 and 10 at the end of April, it could be fool's gold because they play such a weak schedule in the month. So what I did is I looked at the Pocota projections from Baseball Prospectus uh, as they do those projections every single year on win totals. I put together the projected win totals for each team for 2023 as of Wednesday and averaged them out throughout the month, taking into account the number of games you play against each team and came out with an average winning percentage that the Orioles would face in each month in terms of projected winning percentage for 2023. And the easiest month is April. Orioles opponents combined in their 28 games in April have just a 459 winning percentage, well below 500. The best team they will play in the month is the Yankees, but the Yankees are the only team the Orioles will play who are projected to finish above 500 in 2023, and that's just one series. That is the third series of the year, the home opening series for the Orioles. Every other team they play, the Red Sox, the Rangers, the White Sox, Tigers, Athletics, and Nationals, all projected to finish under 500. And specifically, when you look at seven games against Detroit, four against Oakland, and two against Washington, that's 13 of your 28 games in the first month of the season against legitimate tanking teams who are all going to lose, I think, 100 games this year. That could allow you, I mean, especially seven games against Detroit, and I get it, the Orioles went 1-5 against the Tigers last year. It was one of the downfalls of the reasons why they did not make the postseason, but you would think they'd be able to capitalize there, and even teams like Texas, Chicago, and Boston, who, you know, most projection systems have them finishing somewhere around 500. Obviously, the Rangers added a lot. The Red Sox have had a weird offseason, and the White Sox didn't do anything. I mean, you got six games against Boston that first month, and who knows what that Red Sox team is going to be. They finished below the Orioles last year. So if you look at that month of April, that is the one to capitalize. Then you move to May, and things get a little tougher. The average win percentage, 517 for the Orioles' opponents in May, which makes it the third toughest month out of six in the season. Now, they're going to play a variety of different teams in May. They actually won't play any teams in more than one series. They've got the Royals, Braves, Rays, Pirates, Angels, Blue Jays, Yankees, Rangers, and Guardians all in the month of May. So it's kind of spread out. 
you know, you, you get Atlanta in there, which will be interesting to see the O's play them. You get Pittsburgh, which is nice, but you also get Cleveland and Toronto for the first time. But then you move to June, and June becomes a time for the Orioles to capitalize once again. The average winning percentage of their opponents projected in June is 489. So it's the only other month where their full projection of opponents are projected to finish below 500. So another chance for the O's to strike. Now, again, it is all against different teams. They've got the Giants. They've got the Brewers. They've got the Cubs in that month. They do play Cincinnati as well. The Royals again. So it should be an interesting mix. But the Orioles really need to get the job done in the first half of the season. Because once they hit July, things become tough. In the month of July, I can't imagine many teams have a tougher month on their schedule than the Orioles have in the month of July. There is only one team on their schedule in July who is projected by Pakoda to finish under 500, and that one team is the Miami Marlins. They have a three-game series with the Marlins who are projected for 80 wins. Every other team is projected for 87 wins or more. The Orioles play the Yankees seven times, the Twins five times, four against the Rays, three against the Dodgers, three against the Phillies, and one against Toronto at the beginning of a series that will conclude in early August. That is an average of a projected 559 winning percentage for the Orioles' opponents in July. So here's another thing where I say, even if the O's get through June and they're over 500 and they're looking good, the month of July... Now, it'll be nice that the All-Star break is in between there from July 10th through 13th. But the month of July is going to tell us a lot about this Orioles team. Because, yeah, maybe Minnesota could be struggling by then. And maybe Miami could be worse than they think. But I think those other teams, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Rays, the Phillies, and the Blue Jays, they're going to be right in the thick of the race still in July, you have to assume. And it's going to be a tough month. Then right after that, you get August, which is the second toughest month. Of the season. 519 projected winning percentage the Orioles will face. They've got seven games against Toronto in that month. They also have a series against the Mets, the Astros, the Mariners, the Padres. They'll play the White Sox again. They do get Oakland and Colorado in that month, which will be nice, but man, it's going to be tough. And then they finish with September and October. Now it is the fourth toughest month, so it's a little easier, but it's still a 512 winning percentage they're going to face. In that month, they'll get Boston seven times, but they'll also get the Diamondbacks, who could be sneaky. They'll get Houston and Cleveland again. They'll get Tampa Bay for four. St. Louis will be an interesting opponent in September. It's going to be tough down the stretch. The second half of the schedule, much, much tougher than that first half. So it's really going to be the dichotomy of you have a super easy April. Can you capitalize? Can you get, as I said, 18, 19 of those 28 games in April to set yourself up? And then can you just weather the storm in July? You know, you look at these July games, you play 26 of them. Can you can you just go 12 and 14, you know, and, and keep your head above water in July to then continue through the season? I think that's really the big question. Can this O's team hang with that tough of a schedule in the month of July and then still have it finish fairly tough as the season rolls on? But coming up next, we wanted to look more specifically into some certain stretches of this Orioles season. Because it's not just about month by month, it's about week by week, about homestand by homestand, and road trip by road trip. And who the Orioles are taking on and where some of these smaller sets of games are that the O's could really take advantage. But first, 
This episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook book app it's safe it's secure and it's super easy to use then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained and if you're looking for nba bets throughout the week you know maybe just take a look at this point at the boston celtics as well as they've played all year maybe just keep taking celtics money line it'll probably help you out and plus fandle even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay so don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So we're taking a look at the Orioles' 2023 schedule, the new balance schedule in Major League Baseball this season. And as we saw, you know, April... It's, it's going to be easy, and July is going to be really, really tough for this Orioles team. But I wanted to break it down just a little bit further, because let's look at some of the smaller stretches that could really impact this team. Let's start with the home stands. I will say, when you look at the Orioles' schedule, the home 81 games are easier than the road 81, which helps the O's. They played well at home last year. It'll be nice to get some bigger and bigger crowds at Camden Yards this year. Should help them win more baseball games. And I actually identified five different home stands that could be spots where the Orioles could make a jump in the standings. And also, maybe for you, the fans, if you're identifying which games you're going to go to at Oriole Park this season, maybe you want to attend one of these five home stands because many of them will have good giveaways and it's a beautiful ballpark, but also the O's will have a solid chance to win some games. So it starts April 21st to the 26th. At the end of the first month, I mentioned it being an easy month. It's a little six-game stretch where Detroit and Boston come in. And this will really depend on how the Red Sox look in the first couple weeks of the season, but that could be a nice stretch for the Orioles to finish April strong in their easiest month. Then through mid-May, there's a nice-looking 10-game homestand. The Orioles get the Rays, the Pirates, and the Angels to come into Baltimore. Now, if that homestand is easy, really depends on what you think of the Angels and how the Angels are playing that early in the season. Now, the Rays are good, but the Orioles have over the last couple of years, especially last year, played well at home against the Rays. The Pirates are terrible. And if the Angels, you know, even though they have Trout and Otani and others, if they play like we've seen them play usually, maybe one of those guys is hurt. I mean, it happens a lot. That could be a good homestand to attend. Then you go to late June to early July, June 23rd to July 2nd, a nine-game homestand that could be interesting for the Orioles. They've got the Mariners, the Reds, and the Twins coming to town. Now, I expect Seattle to be a good team this year, but the Reds are going to be terrible. And I know Minnesota did get Carlos Correa back, but remember, the Twins had Carlos Correa last year, and they still fell apart in the second half, and they didn't add a lot to the team other than that. Now, the Twins were in first place for the first half last season, and this will be in the first half. But if Minnesota looks like they did in the second half last year, another winnable homestand. Then you go later in the year, August 22nd to the 30th, a nine-game homestand where the Blue Jays come in, then the Rockies and the White Sox. Now, we know the Blue Jays are going to be good, but we also know the Orioles played some classics and were able to beat the Blue Jays at times. 
when they played them in Baltimore last season. Then you've got the biggest disaster in Major League Baseball right now. The Colorado Rockies come to town. And then there's the White Sox, who have talent. I just think they're going to be bad this year. And then finally, what helps the O's is even though the second half of the year is tough, the Orioles do end the season with a chance to make up some ground if they still are in the playoff push. Because September 26th to October 1st, the end of the year, the final six games, they have two games at home against the Nationals and then four games against the Red Sox. And again, this all depends on how good Boston ends up being this season, but we know the Nats are going to be a disaster. And if Boston looks anything like they did last year, this could be kind of a break for the O's for those final six games on that homestand. Now, on the flip side of that, there is one homestand that scares me to my core. And there are some other ones, some of the ones we didn't mention that are tough. But there is a six-game homestand in August, August 4th through the 10th. You're going to get to see a lot of talent in those games. But this is a rough stretch for the Orioles. Three games at home against the Mets, and then three games at home against the Astros. And I know, I know, the Orioles took four of seven from the Astros last season and played them incredibly well, especially at home. And you never know about the Mets, but they're going to be pretty good. But if I had to identify one scary homestand, that would be it. Now to flip it to road trips, there was really only one where I really identified, hey, you know, this could be somewhat easy for the Orioles. There is a nine-game road trip to start September. Another chance, you know, late in the year, if the Orioles are maybe still in the wild card race at that point, September 1st through the 10th. The Orioles go to Arizona to play the Diamondbacks. They go to Anaheim to take on the Angels. And then they go to Boston and Fenway to play the Red Sox. Arizona could be sneaky. The Angels could be sneaky. Boston could be sneaky. All three of those teams have the potential to be in the wildcard race at that point. And this will no longer be an easier road trip. But the funny thing is, those three teams also have enough variance to all be bad by September 1st and could really help out the Orioles. And then there were two particularly scary road trips I identified. One is just after the All-Star break, July 20th through the 26th. The Orioles go to Tampa, and then they go to Philly to take on the reigning National League champions. That could be tough. And then although I mentioned the easy homestand to end the year with the Nats and the Red Sox, right before that homestand, the Orioles have maybe their toughest road trip of the season. September 18th to 24th. For six games, they go to Houston for three to play the Astros, and then they go to Cleveland for three to take on the Guardians. Now you're going to say, Connor, the Orioles won series in Houston and in Cleveland last year. And I will say, yes, they did. And they did both those things near the end of the season as well. It was really impressive. But those are still two of the best teams in the American League, and it still makes it tough to play those games. But we still got a little bit more schedule to talk about coming up next. We will finish off with... Just some more, you know, fan things, some general looks at some important dates you need to know in the season, especially when it comes to watching the Orioles when they play their games a little bit later at night. We'll talk about those West Coast road trips as well to finish off the pod coming up next. So as we take a look really for real with a, a, a full scope of the Orioles 2023 schedule, it's interesting to see how this balanced schedule is going to play out for the O's. But I did want to give you a couple more dates to just have in mind as this season starts. And obviously number one is opening day. March 30th, it is a 2.10 p.m. Eastern time start at Fenway Park 
against the Boston Red Sox. That is going to kick off the season. We are just over a month away from opening day. I cannot wait. It's going to be awesome. The O's once again will open the season in Fenway. Now, they'll get the next day off, Friday the 31st, and then they will have two more in Boston, three in Texas. And then the home opener is Thursday, April 6th. The Orioles will take on the Yankees to open the season at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. It's a 3.05 p.m. Eastern time start for that home opener on the 6th, and then they will get the 7th off before hosting the Yankees the rest of the weekend, and there would be a four-game series at home against the Athletics after that. Now, there are some games that are fairly easy to travel to as well as an Orioles visiting fan, and that starts with a little quick game, a uh, quick two-game set, I should say, in mid-April. April 18th and 19th, a couple of 7.05 starts in D.C. against the Nationals. I know for many Orioles fans living in either Northern Virginia or D.C. makes it easier to see the O's, and for many fans in Baltimore, it's a quick trip down there to get to Nats Park to see them take on the Nationals. Now, obviously, going to D.C. is the easiest trip for Orioles fans, but if you did want to go, you know, on a little road trip down the East Coast, they do go to Atlanta in early May, May 5th through 7th. That's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They will be in Atlanta to take on the Braves, which could be an interesting road trip uh, for any Orioles fan to potentially head down to Georgia, a place the Orioles do not play very, very often. And speaking of places they don't play very often, the Orioles are going to Wrigley Field June 16th through the 18th. That is a weekend series where the O's will meet up with Trey Mancini once again after, of course, he signed a free agent deal with the Cubs this offseason. And the Orioles have only played at Wrig Wrigley a few times in the team's history, so you can add that to the list here in June. Now, another fairly easy drivable series will be in late July, July 24th through the 26th. A couple of 6.30 and 6 o'clock starts up in Philly in a Monday through Wednesday series against the Philadelphia Phillies up at Citizens Bank Park in the city of Brotherly Love. I have been to Citizens Bank before. It is a very beautiful ballpark. It's not Camden Yards, but it's one of the parks uh, that got modeled after Camden Yards, so it is definitely a nice place to watch a game. Now, as I mentioned before as well, the All-Star break will be July 10th through the 13th with the Home Run Derby on the 10th, the All-Star game on the 11th, and the two days off, the 12th and the 13th. And it looks like the Futures game would be on the 9th, and I believe the MLB Draft will once again be held on the 9th uh, and then the 10th and the 11th of July as well this summer. Now, the season will end, as I mentioned, on October 1st. The season will bleed one day into October. The Orioles will finish, as I talked about, with a six-game homestand, two against the Nats, and then it will be four against the Red Sox. October 1st is a Sunday. That's when the season will end this year. That game will be at 3.05 p.m. Eastern time, and it's a change Major League Baseball made a couple years ago that every single game on the final day of the regular season starts at the exact same time, and it's usually 3.05 Eastern on a Sunday, and that is when the regular season will finish up once again. If you're thinking about the Orioles potentially being in some sort of wild card series and getting into the postseason, that series would most likely start probably on Wednesday, October 4th, I would think, is when those postseason games would start. At the latest, it would be Thursday the 5th. But one final thing I wanted to get to is the West Coast trips because we know Orioles fans, hey, you're living over here in the East Coast. You got to reset the sleep schedule a little bit uh, to check out those games. 
So the first West Coast trip will be a quick one for the Orioles to kick off the month of June. They will head to San Francisco to take on the Giants from June 2nd through the 4th. That is a Friday, Saturday, Sunday weekend series. Now, two of those games will be late, 10-15 and a 10-05 start on Friday and Saturday, but it is a weekend, which makes it better, and then it's a 4-05 start on Sunday. So for a lot of people, that does mean it's a late game, but not right before a workday. The Orioles will then actually go to Milwaukee after that for a three-game road series against the Brewers, uh, which should be interesting. The next West Coast trip will probably be the toughest ones on Orioles fans' sleep schedules. That will be in mid-August. A nine-game road trip for the Orioles from August 11th through the 20th. This is going to be one of the tougher stretches of the year for the Orioles to start August. They have three in Toronto. Then they have that homestand against the Mets and the Astros, which is going to be incredibly tough. And then they go on the West Coast for nine games. It starts on Friday, August 11th with a 10 o'clock start in Seattle against the Mariners. Then it's a 940 start on Saturday the 12th and a 410 start on Sunday. Then they immediately go to San Diego for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, August 14th through the 16th. And those are all three late games, 940, 940, and 840 p.m. Eastern time starts. They get a day off on Thursday the 17th. And then the next weekend, they are in Oakland. It's a 940, a 907 on Friday and Saturday, and then a 407 start on Sunday. The bad news is seven of the nine games on that West Coast trip are late games. I consider late games games that start essentially at 8.30 or later is a late game. And it is tough that seven of the nine, but I will say four of those seven late starts are on a Friday or a Saturday night, which does make it a little bit easier to stay up for those Orioles games. And then the last West Coast trip, they do have a quick one in September as well to start off the month. They will go to Arizona to play the Diamondbacks September 1st through 3rd. That is a weekend series, a 9:40 game on Friday, only 8:10 on Saturday, which isn't bad, and then a 4:10 start on Sunday. And then they immediately go to Anaheim to take on the Angels for three consecutive 9:30 first pitches from Monday, September 4th through Wednesday, September 6th. So that could be a little tough Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday stretch for O's fans as well to stay up, especially if the O's are in the playoff race in September and you got three straight weeknight games starting at 9.30. That'll be a little tough, but uh, if the O's are in it, I uh, most certainly will be losing sleep and staying up to watch those games. But that's a general overview of what this 2023 season schedule is going to look like for the Orioles. It's a little different with a new balance schedule, but I'm excited to see the O's play every team in baseball. Also excited to have a little less games against the AL East because it might be the best division in baseball. So hopefully, all in all, it does benefit the Orioles this season. But remember, it's an easy schedule in April. It only gets harder, and they got to get off to a hot start and beat some of those bad teams early in the season. But that'll do it for today's episode of the podcast. One more episode coming up this week here on a Friday. We may get to some news and notes uh, from Orioles Spring Training. If we don't, we could open the mailbag on tomorrow's episode. So make sure to send in your mailbag questions. You can email us at LockedOnOrioles at gmail.com. Tweet at us at LockedOnOrioles or DM the account. The, the DMs are open. Leave a mailbag question in the comments section of the Locked On Orioles YouTube page. Make sure to subscribe as well. Or you can leave a comment after you leave a five-star review. Leave it in the review section on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, and we'll get to it on either tomorrow or a future mailbag episode of the pod. But either way, we'll be back tomorrow to finish off the week and talk 
all things Orioles. Until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.